0: Good morning, everyone. If you'd like to follow the reading in the hard print copy, the pages are on the screen in front of you. So we're starting to read at the very first verse of chapter 1 and going then on to the 14th verse of chapter 5. Chapter 4 deals with the throne in heaven, and chapter 5 deals with the scroll and the lamb. So starting at verse 1 of chapter 4. After this, I looked... And there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones and seated on them were 24 elders they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads from the throne Came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also, in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings, day and night, They never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say... You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Then I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, See, the lamb of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times Ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth. And under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying To him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever The four living creatures said amen And the elders fell down and worship And we know the Lord will add his blessing to this reading from Holy Scripture this morning
1: Thanks very much Hilton well, do keep that uh, passage open, Revelation four and five, and let's pray together for God's help to understand it. Father God, we thank you for this beautiful and glorious vision of yourself seated on the throne and of the Lord Jesus, the lion and the lamb. And so Father, as we enter with John through the open door into heaven, Please, would you help us see, and not only see, but savour the one we behold this morning. And we pray it, Lord, that our hearts might be humbled, that our hearts might be strengthened, and that our hearts might be liberated to serve you in all of life. And we pray it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, a couple of months ago, I, went, I took Mia to the uh, theatre for the first time to see George's Marvellous Medicine. Now, we've read most of the Roald Dahl books together, so this was very exciting uh, to go and see one of them live. And so we arrived at Oxford Playhouse. We got our bucket of popcorn and made our way to our seats, which have to be on the front row, which was even more exciting, because you could literally reach out and touch the stage that was on front of us. About five minutes to go. The, The normal voice comes through the tannoy. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The performance is due to start in five minutes. Thank you. Then all of a sudden the countdown's on, isn't it? So it's even more exciting now. We're waiting for that moment. And then the music begins. Dramatic pause. And the curtains open before us. To reveal the stage. And the actors then flood onto the stage. And for the next 90 minutes, myself and me are captivated by all that unfolds before our eyes. And you see, that's something of what is happening here in the book of Revelation, the word revelation that you find in chapter 1, verse 1, that gives name to this book, literally means an unveiling or a disclosure. It's like the curtains are being drawn back on heaven for just a moment to see something of these previously unseen heavenly realities. It is a vision of God in all his glory. It is a vision of God in glorious Technicolor, And like Mia, as we sit here this morning, as we watch the events of Revelation unfold before our very eyes, we should be captivated and consumed by all that happens. And so could I encourage you, as we as we walk through these two chapters this morning, Revelation chapter 4 and 5, could I encourage you not to stand on the edge looking in from afar, from a distance somewhere... But to join John as he walks through this open door into heaven to see what John saw, to hear what John heard, to feel what John felt and to stand in awe as John stood in awe of our risen and exalted Savior. It is a vision of God that should humble us, it should strengthen us and it should liberate us for a life of wholehearted worship but before we enter through that door into heaven to see what John saw it's probably helpful if we pause for just a moment to make sure we understand the book of Revelation what we're dealing with you see so many people get in a bit of a mess reading the book of Revelation because they haven't understood the type of writing it is they haven't understood the genre that is before them People will call Revelation apocalyptic, which simply means it's a picture book. The book of Revelation is full of big, bold pictures and colorful symbols. It's almost dreamlike in the way that you read it. In fact, in Revelation chapter 4 and 5 that are before us this morning, you'll see that the Lord Jesus is depicted as a lion and as a lamb. You see, here's the thing, when I enter heaven on that final day through faith in christ when i stand before my savior i'm not going to see jesus prowling round heaven like a lion i'm not going to see him sat in the corner of the throne room bleating away like a little lamb i'm going to see him in his glorious physical resurrection body the same body with which he left this earth and ascended into heaven. You see, the lion and the lamb aren't literal descriptions of Jesus. They're they're pictures, they're symbols to help us understand something of the character of Christ who is both lion-like and lamb-like. And you see, it's the same with the numbers through Revelation. We'll see lots of repeated numbers as we work our way through this book. The number 7, the number 12, the number 1,000. And if we start reading these numbers literally, rather than symbolically, then we're going to end up in a bit of a mess. So as we come to Revelation chapter 4 and 5, let's understand that Revelation is firstly a picture book. So with that in mind, come with me if you would to chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, the setting for this drama as we enter through this open door into heaven. Have a look down at verse 1 and 2. After this I looked, there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. We've got a voice, and we've got a vision. The voice is the voice of the Lord Jesus. It's the same voice that we heard speaking in chapter 1, verse 10. And again, it's described like a trumpet. Why? Because Jesus wants to get our attention. He wants to get John's attention. And then the voice beckons John into heaven. And so comes the vision then in verse 2. As John is carried up in the Spirit, into heaven itself, the control and the command center of the whole universe. And as John opens his eyes, what does he see? He sees a throne in heaven with someone who is seated on it. And the one who is seated on the throne is the Lord God Almighty. Do you see how he's described in verse 3? And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Then verse 5, from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. This is where we've got to turn up our senses. Because this is a scene that is crashing with color and with sound. The precious stones that we see there in verse 3 remind us of the the, the beauty and the creativity of God expressed in Eden. You see, we're in the presence here of the Creator God. The rainbow that we see in verse 3 reminds us of God's promise to Noah after he flooded this world. We're in the presence here of a covenant keeping, a promise making and keeping God. And then the thunder of the lightning that we hear there in verse 5, they take us back to Mount Sinai, don't they? When Moses was given the Ten Commandments by God and God spoke from heaven and the whole mountain shook and the people surrounded the mountain and they were trembling with fear. We're in the presence here of the law giving God. Or as we read in verse 8, we're in the presence of the Lord God Almighty who is seated on his throne. You see, there's lots of thrones, rulers, powers and authorities in this world. And John's original audience would have known that all too well. The believers gathered in the seven churches that we read about in chapter two and three, they were facing incredible persecution under Roman rule. And so as John writes to to these persecuted believers, he writes to remind them that there is a higher throne. You see, they experienced the throne of Caesar, the oppressive Roman rule that was upon him. They know that they knew the throne of Caesar all too well. But Jesus gives this vision. To help them know that there is a throne that stands above all other thrones. And it's the throne there in chapter 4 verse 2. And it's a throne that features in fact in 16 out of these 22 chapters. What is the point that God is making? Well it's a simple one really isn't it? He's in charge. He's king. He always has been and he always will be. I remember a conversation with uh, an old lady called Enid back in Hans Home Church in Devon. She's now, now died and gone to be with the Lord in glory. But she, she tells a story, or she did tell a story. And she told the story of once living through a bombing raid in the Second World War. And she was under the, the kitchen table, which was the, sort of the most secure place in a house. And she's gathered there with her two sisters and, and her mother. Her dad is out fighting and all around The air raid sirens are going, the bombs are dropping, there's screams, there's noise, there's chaos, there's mess, and there's brokenness all around. But as all this is happening in and around her, she's sat there under the table with her mum and her two sisters, and they're singing, our God is still on the throne. What a lovely picture of life that is, isn't it? In amongst the chaos, brokenness, pain persecution fear frustration hatred in a world in which it feels like sometimes like evil is prevailing the resounding truth that dominates the book of revelation is this our god is still on his throne and can i say this isn't just the future prospects we're not looking forward here in revelation to something that will be this will be don't hear me wrong but this is a current reality as Jesus pulls back the curtain, this is now. Revelation chapter four and five is now. This is a scene in glory now as he's been worshipped. God sits on his throne today and he rules and he reigns over all things. And I hope that encourages our hearts this morning. Our sovereign God, and we're going to see this as we move through the book of Revelation, our sovereign God is directing all of history from his throne towards his desired end, the new heavens and the new earth. Our God is seated on his throne. We're introduced, as you can see, to some other thrones surrounding the throne Were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their head. Now, these 24 elders almost certainly represent the full membership of God's people. Twelve tribes in the Old Testament, twelve apostles in the New Testament. It's a gathering, a representation of all of God's people. And they're dressed in white, and they've got crowns of gold on their head, because by the grace of God, they've conquered. But as we read on, you'll notice that The elders aren't the only ones gathered there around the throne. Have a look in verse 6. Also in front of the throne, there's what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion second was like an ox the third had a face like a man the fourth was like a flying eagle each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around even under its wings we read about these same creatures in ezekiel chapter one the lion is a picture of nobility the ox is a picture of strength the human is a picture of wisdom and the eagle is a picture of speed and of grace. And so you see here, we have these four heavenly beings ministering to God around the throne of God. And as they do, they reflect the characteristics of God. A regal, strong, wise, gracious, all-seeing God, hence the eyes that are everywhere. And day and night, these creatures are in constant praise. They never stop saying, holy Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And the praise of these four heavenly beings triggers a Mexican wave of praise that, that, that rushes out across heaven and across this world. Do you see that there in verse 9? Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, when they do this, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before him and they say. And then jump forward to chapter 5, verse 11, because it's not just the creatures and the elders who are gathered around this throne. Verse 11 of chapter 5, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels Numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000, they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain. It is a Mexican wave of praise, and it's not going around and around. It's coming out from the throne. You see, the throne of God is the center of this picture. Around the throne are these four living creatures. Around them are the 24 elders representing the full membership of God's people. And around them are the myriad of angels. What a remarkable scene of praise this is. And of course, by faith in Jesus Christ, one day we will join that Mexican wave of praise around the throne of God. What a scene that is before us this morning. And no doubt as we come to the end of chapter 4, you, you may be a little bit breathless. You need to take a break because chapter 4 is so full, isn't it, of noise and color and activity. But there is no break for the Apostle John because chapter 4 is just the setting for the drama that then unfolds in chapter 5. Have a look down, if you would, at chapter 5, verse 1. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. The scroll represents the unfolding plan of God's salvation and judgment. And where is it? It's in God's right hand. It's a scroll that's going to be unraveled over these next few weeks together and with each seal that is removed so we see further and deeper into God's redemptive purposes. But of course this isn't a scroll that just anyone can open. Do you see that in verse 2? And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? Who is worthy? To unfold the rest of salvation history. Answer, verse 3, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside. Not even a glimpse. And that answer look brings John to his knees in tears. Do you see that in verse 4? John says, I wept and I wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or to look inside. No one was found who was worthy. But then we come to verse 5. You see it there on the screen? Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep, John. Stop wailing. Don't cry. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scrolls. And it's seven seals. You see, the lion from the tribe of Judah is a picture of God's sovereign king born into the line of Judah. The root of David, this messianic king born into the line of David, the one who was promised who would come and conquer and bring salvation to the people of God. And the elder says to John, don't weep, John, for that king has already come. And that king has already conquered. And so John, imagine consumed with this picture of an all-conquering, majestic, regal, lion-like figure, turns to look. You can imagine his heart beating, can't you? As he turns to face the mighty Christ, the promised king of all of history. And what does he see in verse 6? Then I saw a lamb. Looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne. What a contrast, isn't it? He expects to see a mighty lion, but instead he sees a lowly lamb looking like it's been slain. The symbol of kingship and power has given way to one of servanthood and sacrifice. The mighty roar we're anticipating is now a deafening silence And here's the beauty of this vision Jesus is both the lion and the lamb At the same time it Doesn't change between the two He's both lion and he's lamb At the same time he's majestic and meek He's sovereign and sacrificial He's kingly and kind. He's terrifying and tender. He is supreme and servant-hearted. And he is the one who has already triumphed through laying down his life at the cross. For those of you who are familiar with the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, the death of Aslan on that stone slab is so incredibly moving. Not because Aslan couldn't fight back, but because he could fight back. But he chose not to. It's a picture of Jesus who is our sovereign king who willingly laid down his life on the cross for our sake. And so now as we proceed through the rest of chapter 5, the lamb is now center stage and rightly so. In fact, in verse 6, he's now standing at the center of the throne encircled by the four living creatures and the 24 elders. And just as they did in chapter 4, so they fall again in worship. This time, though, before the Lamb. You see, our worship is to be directed towards the one who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Do you see that there in verse 13 and 14 of chapter 5? In a loud voice. They were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and under earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen and the elders fell down and worshipped and the word worship there literally means to fall prostrate (laughs) so here you've got a picture of, of these these elders falling over to fall over wherever you look it's just a scene of people that are going down They're going down before God, not because they've been pushed or because someone's tripped them, but because they're in the presence of a holy God and they can do nothing but fall before Him in adoration and in worship. Jesus is worthy of our praise because He's God and because He's our Savior. And have a look at the new song then on the heavenly playlist. You see it in chapter, in chapter five, verse nine and 10. You see no doubts. We will debate and gripe a little bit about the songs that we sing in church and the words and the instruments that we use. But in heaven, there'll be no complaining or grumbling. It'll be the greatest playlist ever put together. And we will all join together in praise of the one in whom we worship. You see it there in verse 9. And they sang a new song. Here's the new song. It's just been released. You are worthy. To take the scroll and to open its seals. Why? Because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on earth. The unique status that was given to Israel. In the Old Testament is extended to people from every tribe and nation and tongue and language. This is a gospel for all that has gone to all. What a savior we have in Jesus, our lion and our lamb, fully God, fully man, our creator and our redeemer. And so as we draw things to a close, I've got a question for us and the question Is this, how big is your view of God this morning? As you enter through the open door with John, as you see something of what John saw in that vision that Jesus had given him, how big is your view of God? Because in these few verses, as Jesus pulls back that curtain and gives us a glimpse into heaven, it is a vision that should firstly humble us, isn't it? Back in Revelation chapter 1 when John received his first vision, this is the second vision. The first vision comes in chapter 1 and when John received that vision, this is what he says in verse 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. It's a vision that almost knocks the life out of John. So holy, so pure, so righteous, so glorious. Didn't Isaiah have a similar vision in chapter six when he was commissioned? Verse four and five, we read this of Isaiah chapter six. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke with the presence of God's glory. And Isaiah says, woe to me. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined for I'm a man of unclean lips. We'll only understand the real me when we're in the presence of the real him. This is a vision that should humble us. And secondly, it's a vision that should strengthen us because it reminds us of two things. Number one, God is still on his throne. However rough life gets, however difficult things may be, it does not change the reality that our gracious God right now and for all of history is seated on his throne. He reigns and he rules. And secondly, Jesus, as the lion and the lamb, has already conquered. Sometimes we make Revelation to be be more difficult than it really is. The simple message of Revelation is this. Jesus wins and Jesus reigns. That's it. Jesus wins and Jesus reigns. And the only way to conquer and to stand with him and to receive our crown is to put our trust in the one who came to this world for our sake. It's a vision that should humble us. It's a vision that should strengthen us. And lastly, it's a vision that should liberate us for a life of wholehearted worship. You see, a small view, a small view of God, A small view of Christ and what he's done for us will inevitably lead to a little drizzle of praise in our life. That's it. Just a drip, drip, drip of praise. But a big biblical revelation, chapter 4 and 5, curtains are open, heaven is before me, view of God will lead to a deluge of praise an outpouring of adoration in all of life, not just in song worship now, but in everything we do. Every moment of life given for the glory of God because of who he is seated on his throne and because of what he's done through his son, the lion and the lamb. God made us to be a people of praise and he saved us to be a people of praise in all of life so let me leave you with the question on the screen and I'll give you a moment to think about that question and then the band will come and lead us shortly as we sing two songs but how
0: big is your view of God this morning
2: Father how great indeed you are how great is our God And Lord, we don't want to just lose this moment and it to be snatched away. We're we conscious that the devil is the great thief who steals truth and who steals joy. And we pray for protection on all of our hearts now that the devil would not steal the truths that we have learned today and the joy that we have in knowing Jesus as our Savior. Please, Lord, bless us as we enjoy coffee together. I pray that our first conversation would be helpful, would be edifying. We would look to build each other up in you help us Lord to look out for those who are new who those who are struggling and we pray by the power of your spirit Lord that through today our vision of you would continue to grow that you would humble us that you would strengthen us and that you would liberate us to worship you in freedom and in great joy this week father we thank you for your son Jesus and we thank you that he is on the throne reigning for eternity amen